What's going on, everyone? Happy Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. I'm Dylan. And I'm Josh. And we're the Out of Office Podcast. Yeah, if people say it's your option, we'll be like, we'll take our chances. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and speaking of um, folks holding out, did you see the Florida governor today? <laughs> I've been married for 30 years. You don't know <laughs> Hey, Josh. Happy Sunday, bro. How are you? How's your week been? Hey, Dylan. It's going good. It's going good. It's been a good week so far. It's glad. Um, I'm glad it's a weekend, although it's always, you know, mixed feelings on a Sunday knowing I got to wake up early and go to work or, you know, go to my couch to work. But yeah, <laughs> it was good. Uh, outside of that, I cut my hair this weekend around two. Okay, hopefully you did better than the first round because I kid you not for people out there. I think I have a video of it actually. I'll Maybe I'll find it and post it on our Instagram. But yeah. I ran into Josh because we live in the same apartment building or whatever. I was going to, I don't know if I was going to get donuts or what I was going to do. And Josh tells me he cut his hair and I looked at it and it looked like you like closed your eyes and turned on clippers and just went, it was so bad. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Did you cut it? Really? <laughs> Couldn't well, tell. The, 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 the thing is I, I didn't use real hair clippers, which was my first mistake. Okay. Um, and so I did go and buy some oyster clippers recently and got them delivered this week. And so got some like clippers made for cutting hair versus facial hair, which, yeah, yeah. you know, it didn't help. But when I went about it the first time, I was able to do the sides okay because I can see it, but and I just could not. I, they cut were the back. okay individually, I would say, on the sides. <laughs> <laughs> Together, totally like uneven and different. No offense. Yeah, because well, yeah, because the thing when you use a facial clipper, the thing that um, really messed me up was that it's not made. The guards aren't really made, you know, to stay on. And so I think with one side, what happened was that I pressed down too hard, and then so the guard pushed in. Oh, okay. And so it cut it. And so I was just like, well, shit, I'm going to do a fade at this length now on this yeah. side <laughs> and the other side. And so I, I did let my hair grow out a couple of weeks and then did round two today or yesterday. Sorry. Um, and it took me like six, seven hours, a ridiculous amount of time. Okay. But yeah, it turned out a bit better. From first glance, because Josh and I are doing um, video because we still haven't been able to podcast in person. Um, looks fine. Looks fine so far. But yeah, it is a little pixelated the, the due to the side. connection. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm super excited that like uh, I'm getting a bit better at it, and I'm hoping you know by the end of quarantine's over, I can eliminate that bill <laughs> from my monthly expense or by or twice a month expense or whatever. So looking forward to that. Okay. Any any pro tips? Did you cut the top at all? I cut the top. Yes, I didn't have cutting scissors. I what just you have, use? <laughs> I don't even know what's it. They're not kitchen scissors, but they're um, yeah, just some type of like Paper scissors, scissors. That, I, that I saw. And so that's why it took so long. Well, the cutting the sides took probably two hours, but cutting the top took like three or four hours, um, okay. just because I wasn't using real scissors and I was just taking my time and just doing basically so that's seven like hours cutting hair, hair by hair. <laughs> yeah, I took. I really did take my time, and so. Yeah, I um, yeah, I'm definitely gonna be getting real scissors soon because that okay. uh, that that was not great. Okay, that that that's good. That's good. Um, how did you go about cutting the back? 
Yeah, yeah. So with the back, one pro tip is that I would use the big mirror as for the back of your head and then use a small mirror in front. And so that way you can kind of see more of the back of your head. And so I basically sat on my bathroom sink with my legs over, you know, the sink area and then just like leaned up and then looked back at my mirror and then cut it that way. And so I thought that was a lot better versus last time I was doing the opposite. And so it's just like if you're using a small mirror in the back, it's just a lot less you can see where if you use a bigger mirror, you can definitely see like the full picture of your head. Ah, uh, okay. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot yeah. of sense. Yeah. Shout out to YouTube for giving me that hint. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to YouTube for everything. <laughs> yeah, <Okay>. really. <laughs> one of the top comments on one of the videos uh, I watched was shout out to all the barbers losing clients over this video right now. Because <laughs> it was just, a, it was a great video. Very informative. Okay. Yeah. I will say I, I also used to cut my hair in high school. I didn't have to use scissors though because I would like do buzz cuts. And yeah. I did it for I think like a year or two. And I got pretty decent. But then when I went back in, I got a real haircut. I was like, okay, there's some things you just can't do Yeah, on your yeah. own. Yeah, I think so too. And uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to cut my hair at least, you know, four or five more times. So I get my money back on the clipper I bought. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I can justify that expense. But yeah, I think it would definitely be like a treat or maybe every couple of months or every other time I cut my own hair because it is, it just did take me a lot longer. Um, yeah. Yeah. I got to hit up Clint to, to get some tips for him on how to be able to speed it up a little bit. Yeah. Shout, shout out to our boy Clint, by yeah, the way. Shout out to Clint. Um, yeah. So uh, my weekend or my week just in general is pretty good. Pretty good week. Um, we went out with our biker gang which was really fun. Shout out to our boy, Noel. That was a fun ride. We'll have to do that yep. again this week. Um, if you're interested in joining our biker gang, there's a lot of requirements. You got to have a bike one. That's about it so far. We're going <laughs> to think of, think of the additional ones. Uh, but it does help to live in Seattle, but you know, it's not a firm barrier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you got a car, you can circumvent that, I guess. <laughs> yeah. No, you got to have a bike. I don't care if it's a tricycle, mountain bike, whatever. You have to have a bike. That's one requirement. Um, but yeah, so that was fun. Um, the bike ride is cool. Um, other than that, I went on a hike as well this weekend. And if you know me, I'm the, I would say roughing it to me is like going to, to a beach and lying <laughs> on the sand without a towel. Cause I'm not really a big outdoors guy. I do. I do love beaches, but I, so I went on a hike and I didn't realize how time consuming hiking is. To just drive to the points where you need to go to get hiking it was like a hour and 30 minute drive and then to get to the point where you hike up and you know you have a nice view that was another hour and 30 minutes or so but it was i can see why people do it now just because the view was amazing that i got to see i went to lake something so sorry sorry everyone <laughs> <laughs> he went to a lake though <laughs> a, a lake somewhere in washington to go hiking I, I think it started with an h i just i keep forgetting the name um but yeah it was it was really cool and yeah so do i think i'll be doing it all the time now probably not but i could definitely see myself going <laughs> once or twice a year just because it is it's a cool experience and i didn't realize how hard it is hiking in, in some locations because there's just a bunch of rocks and there's a path but it's you know mother nature kind of takes it over yeah 
Yeah, it is. There's it something like a ton of fun now going on the hike, and hopefully it was like all right weather when you went too. I know it's been a little bit rainy as of late, and so hopefully you got the sun. No, it was raining the whole time, but no. <laughs> <laughs> but well, never mind then. I didn't mind it though because I'm not a huge fan of bugs either, um, and so the rain kind of got rid of some of the bugs, which was nice. Yeah. That is funny you say that, though, because I was like, who did Dylan go hiking with that they were able to get him outside? <laughs> yeah, it was uh, um, my girlfriend, um, her sister, and then um, her sister's husband, who's a friend of mine as well. So, nice. uh, yeah, but it was nice just, you know, working from home and everything to get outdoors. Um, speaking of working from home, though, did you see that Twitter CEO just informed all of his employees that they can work from home forever. And what are I your did. thoughts on this? How how many days a week do you want to work from home? Do you want to work from home forever, Josh? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I did see Jack Dorsey um, or in his, you know, his Twitter, Twitter company go ahead and, and say that. I think it's super cool. Like if I were working at Twitter, I'm like, that's awesome. Um, and I would definitely sign up if my company offered that. I think... I would still go into the office at some points because I, I do see their value, there being value in, you know, connecting with your coworkers and um, your different teams in person and getting that. I mean, like it, it's hard to replicate that real connection, you know, that you have in person over the phone. And so I think yeah. there's still a ton of value in that. So I think for me, maybe once a week, twice a week going into the office, I really like the consulting model where, you know, you all come into the office on Fridays and that's like your time to get together. Um, I know it's a little bit different because typically Monday through Thursday, you're on a client site versus at home. But uh, like the once or twice a week, I, I think would be super cool. What about you? Yeah, I'm kind of on the same wavelength. I do see benefits to going to the office for sure and just building the connections with people. But I would say more so just whenever I feel like it, which it seems like kind <laughs> of what Twitter is <laughs> doing. You know, some weeks... I'm super head down and busy with a bunch of work. And so going to the office is more so just an inconvenience because um, when you have to get up, get ready, you have to commute and that sort of things. And then there's a lot more people to potentially distract you as well. Um, mm -hmm. So certain weeks I just wouldn't want to go in at all. And then other weeks maybe go in, you know, two to one times. I don't think I'd want to go in any more than that. In all honesty, I don't, don't see too much value in it more than yeah. that. Yeah, I agree too. And it's really exciting to see, honestly, that Twitter said that, and it seems like a ton of other companies will be taking a look at that um, yeah. and seeing like this, some type of modified work from home policy, just work moving forward. And I was reading like an interesting um, article that the New York times were talking about and specifically relating to like the, the New York um, commercial real estate market. And I think for a lot of companies, you know, New York's super expensive especially to have rent for several, you know, thousands of employees to go and work there. And so I think for a lot of companies who have leases coming available and, you know, seeing that giant bill that they have to pay each month um, and saying, hey, can we just do work from home for the next two years, you know, regardless of coronavirus, just to save costs and we can keep more people on the team and not have to do any layoffs and stuff. And so I think for a lot of companies that have, giant um spaces and cities will be maybe thinking about that especially if they're going through tough times right now and so it maybe you know intentionally or non-intentionally seems like work around work from home maybe around to stay 
Yeah, I agree. And I think it's also just seeing people's reaction in terms of how they like working from home. Yeah. I think it'll be a selling point for a lot of companies to get the best people to work for them. They'll yeah, be like, I agree. Hey, you have the option if you just want to feel free to work from home or whatever. It's a, it's a great little selling factor in terms of it being adopted like completely by everyone. I think it's really going to depend on a few things. Um, one being how productive are people being while they're working from home compared to in the office. Um, and then the second being, are they able to monitor employees better when they're working from home? Because they know for sure that in order to be doing work, they have to be on their computer or their mm -hmm. cell phone. They're not sitting in actual meetings or anything like that. And so they're really able to track, you know, how much are people actually working and how many people do we need to do this job based on that? Yeah. So I think those are going to be two very important factors. And I do think we could potentially see people getting laid off when they find out that people aren't actually doing any work from home. For example, I was reading about um, one form of software that companies are starting to use that takes a screenshot of your computer screen um, every few minutes. And so it's kind of just to see if people are, you know, just sitting on the exact same page and just wiggling oh, their mouse to look like and they probably online. And they probably run it through like some machine learning algorithm and just like can quickly see, you know, if things look right or doesn't look right. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So I definitely think that'll be a be a be a thing as well. That's fascinating. Yeah. And but, it'll be interesting to see too, like if like that's a selling point, you know, being able to work from home, but if you also know you're going to be monitored, like that's kind of a, <laughs> a not a selling point. <laughs> yeah. Not selling point. I don't know how to put that in a better way, but yeah, basically a not selling point. And so, um, yeah, I, it'll be interesting to see what some of those companies do with that software. It's kind of creepy. I don't know if I would like that, honestly. Yeah. I don't like it. It feels like I'm in like a surveillance state or whatever. I yeah. understand why they're doing it because they're paying people and want to make sure they're working, but it's like, it's kind of, it's kind of a bit much. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit much. And for me too, like I have nothing to hide. I don't do, I only do work-related stuff on my work computer. And especially since I am at home all the time too, right? So um, if I want to go look at like Zillow or something, like I might as well just use my, you know, personal, personal computer. computer. Yeah, um, and so, and even for me, it's still creepy. Like it's just unnecessarily creepy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, going back to your point about like the real estate market, though, it'll be interesting to see if if everyone just starts working from home, the effects it's going to have, because are we just going to have empty skyscrapers in you know, downtown New York or in Seattle? Yeah. I know they're building tons of different skyscrapers, but if companies decide, oh, we don't really need that much space, what are they going to what are they going to do with that space and how will it affect the economy as a whole with yeah. <laughs> with the real estate just not being worth as much? Yeah, that's a good point. And maybe do you flip it from commercial to residential and say for a lot of these giant skyscrapers that were typically office spaces, do you spend a ton of money retrofitting them into apartments and condos where um, I think for actually a lot of bigger cities such as like Seattle, SF, New York, where housing is um, a bit limited right now. And, you know, people in all of the cities always complain about the cost of living and the rent prices. Yeah. Uh, does that, you know, help alleviate some of that if all of a sudden there's less of a need for bigger companies to to populate that area? And then you can shift that over to um, residential housing that, you know, your average Joe can go buy or rent out. Yeah. 
And if that was done, what what impact would it have on, I guess, not just the commercial real estate market, but the housing market in the US? I feel like there could be an oversupply of housing maybe, or it would yeah. just significantly drive down prices, which I'm all for. I don't own a house or anything like that, but yeah. I know that that's a lot of people's <laughs> biggest investment is their house, or you know maybe they own multiple homes and provide them as rental units to people that would really screw over those people. So this this whole virus, I think, isn't going to just affect, you know, people's health. I think it's more so what's going to be crazy is how it shifts work life moving forward forever. Yeah, there's going to be, I think work life is one, uh, but I think there's going to be a ton of other different things that when we look back in 20 years, we're going to say, oh yeah, we do this because of like the COVID, you know, year that the 2020, like we still do, you know, X, Y, and Z in 2040 because of what happened in 2020. I think there's going to be a ton of stuff that comes out of this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another thing is, um, so one thing I've, I've kind of a viewpoint I've kind of grasped over like the past couple of years or whatever is that companies have kind of become the new kingdoms or new forms of kingdoms throughout the, the world and the U S and everything like that. Like for example, mm-hmm. Amazon was negotiating with multiple cities of where they were going to put their new building and they just basically got to choose whoever's going to give us the most you know, tax yeah. breaks and benefits and whatnot. But do you think that companies, instead of, you know, spending a ton of money on campuses where people aren't going to potentially want to work because they'll probably offer, you know, a work from home option, like maybe like a Google or something like that, mm-hmm. who has like a large campus down in um, Mountain View, California, would they instead shift their focus to building maybe neighborhoods where, um, if you work at Google, you get to live there and you can work from home within your house. And maybe there's like a community area where you can go in and have meetings and things like that. And if you get promoted, you get a nicer house or just that sort of a thing or a nicer car. Or who knows? What, are we going to create like corporation communities? Yeah, I think uh, it's like, I don't know. It, I could definitely see it happening. It would be kind of weird, but then also makes sense at the same time. And some of that, like, just naturally kind of occurs right now. Like, if we look at Redmond, um, Washington, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure a large majority of the folks that live around Redmond um, are some way connected to Microsoft. And so that's kind of like a little company community that's kind of naturally formed. And does, you know, a company like Microsoft go and start to invest in, like, you know, different pieces of the community versus just, like, their their own office space who knows you know yeah yeah actually i could see them maybe just investing more in the community surrounding area where they know people are gonna live to be yeah. like oh let's make this big like nice shopping center or, like a really nice gym over here that sort of thing but yeah it'll be it'll be interesting the only thing about it would be like if someone gets fired do they just have to move out of their house to lose everything if you lose your job then people would be very concerned about losing their job it's like oh, i won't have anywhere to live now you don't yeah. have to find a new place to live, which I mean is ob- obviously a concern to a certain extent when people lose their jobs just in general because you have to pay bills, but it'd be like a whole nother level. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, but uh, in other news, uh, just talking about big companies, did you see that Facebook acquired Giphy for, I think it was four, no, it was, it was $400 million dollars. Yeah, four hundred million dollars. So for a, <laughs> a chunk of change. Yeah, for a company that basically just steals uh, 
what do you call it uh, clips from cartoons movies and other things like that i don't know if they license them or what but yeah how that works it just doesn't seem like a very special business <laughs> yeah and i did see that and i got 400 million dollars that's crazy and then as i read more i didn't realize that they were recently valued at 600 million dollars um wow through their last funding round which i was like wow that's even that's even crazier that um facebook actually got a bargain for them you could argue you know if you go to work at the 600 million dollar valuation um and so i think looking at looking at that deal i think some of the integration stuff as a result will be kind of weird to see how that plays out like if you're apple and you have iMessage now and you obviously have Jiffy integrated. Like, how does that work now that Facebook owns it? And it's kind of like your competitor, right? Messenger versus iMessage. Um, yeah. How do you how do you think about like your integration strategy? And is Facebook going to get super cagey now and be like, uh, you can't use this for iMessage anymore? Or it's going to be like a limited um, limited service unless it's like a proprietary messenger? I don't know. Yeah. I guess what I think they're probably trying to do, and for those of you that don't know, um, Giphy, if you have an iPhone, it's like a option when you're in um, when you're texting or messaging someone where you can look up, like let's say you look up apples, and then a bunch of like moving images will come up of apples, and it could be like a clip from maybe the office and some guys eating an apple or something like that. But yeah, I think it's I think it's just a big play on. They're trying to make iMess or not iMessage, but um, Facebook Messenger or WhatsApp the biggest messaging platform, like trying to mm -hmm. get everyone to move over there by offering more features and things like that. And I think the real reason they want to do that is because um, let's say if Apple was tracking your text message and analyzing everything that you were saying, they would know you really, really well. And yeah. if Facebook's able to track all the messages that you send to everyone, then they'll get to know you even better and make even more ad revenue um, from that by um, taking your information and selling it to companies so they can target ads towards you. Yeah, I agree. I think it's definitely a data play um, and not necessarily like, you know, they want your Jiffy data, but yeah, to yeah. just, you know, get you to be on Messenger being able to see what you're doing on there. How can we advertise as a result of what you're doing? Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I totally agree. It's all about like, how do we drive more users to our platform and, and get more interesting data out of them? Seems yeah. like kind of Facebook's theme. Yeah. And you get really good data, I feel like, out of people by seeing everything that they message to their friends and all that yeah. stuff. There was like the crazy Cambridge Analytical um, or Cambridge Analytic Whitaka or analytics what was that like mm -hmm. you know what i'm talking about the, yeah the Cam company cambridge that? analytics yeah and and there was like a really interesting phrase that came out of like that whole ordeal and i think i might be like slightly misquoting it but it was something like if you like 20 things on facebook or something facebook typically knows you better than like your spouse knows you if you were to like do a test um and it was something with some phrase like that and so like the amount of if, where, the amount that like Facebook or a tech company is able to like lean in you with you know certain data points is pretty pretty interesting. Yeah, it's crazy, and it's a crazy amount of power too. Because if you know what makes someone mad or what makes them happy through the likes or the dislikes, you can kind of 
control them in a sense because you can just provide them with information to push their viewpoint one way or the other. Yeah. So that's kind of crazy that they, they're able to just take that much data from everyone. It's can basically just you can basically know the outcome before anything happens. Like you can know what will happen if you do X, Y, and Z if you have enough data. Yep. Yeah, I think so too. And um, I think it is also like a, a theme of I think other acquisition type deals that we're going to be seeing come up. I think it, like a lot more companies will be looking at buying stuff up just given the downturn if they have the cash to go and do it mm -hmm. or maybe just merging together to to become, you know, stronger financially. And I think one example of that was um, Uber is looking at buying Grubhub right now. Yeah. And which would be like a major consolidation of the, the delivery companies. And um, I, I think one chart that I saw that was super interesting was that it would basically be combining the number two and three delivery companies. I think a lot of analysts have DoorDash as number one, which I was super surprised by first off. Wow, I, I think didn't, didn't know that. I yeah. I got a Zells though. <laughs> yeah, DoorDash is like, they've been, you know, on top of their game as of late. And they have like the partnership with Chase too, which I thought was pretty smart. Um, and so it seems like they're, they've been stepping it up as of late. And um, I think they're viewed as like the, the market leader now. And so it'd be really combining like number two and number three. Wow. That's wild. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's also interesting because I'd be concerned if I was an employee at Grubhub at least. Because if you're, th you're just going to take all the restaurants that are in the Grubhub app and put them in Uber Eats, it's kind of like, what do they need you for? Yeah, exactly. And I think uh, it speaks to AOC and Warren was pro were proposing a bill, um, I think a couple weeks ago. It was never going to pass because like, obviously the Republicans control the Senate. And I don't even know if it would pass the House um, yeah. regardless, but it was basically like banning all, all, all the politicians. Yeah, yeah. it was like a day. pretty bold bill. What they were proposing was a ban on M&A. I think for like revenue, if your company has a revenue above like 100 mil or like a market cap over a certain period, but it would be basically like, you know, a lot of companies banning them from doing M&A. Um, yeah. And that was like their concern is that like these type of deals will happen where Uber buys Grubhub. And to your point, like you only need so many like overhead, you know, as a result, when you go and combine those, really you're like porting their um, customers and their restaurants in, but you don't need like two financial analysts, you know, covering X and then you don't need two yeah. chief marketing officers. Now you just need one. And so it's yeah. a way to kind of consolidate and cut some costs. Yeah, because you don't need you don't need all the people that were running the the Grubhub application. Because now you're just adding users. You might need a few people, but yeah, yeah you don't need everybody. You'll need, you'll need to scale it, you know, somewhat with more of the combined. But it's definitely, you know, you're not going to be growing headcount as a result yeah, of merging. Yeah. yeah, no, definitely not. Yeah, which is which is interesting. Yeah. But yeah, it's wild that the pro it'll probably go through. I think the Uber and Grubhub. Yeah. Yeah, they did get some pushback already. Um, I guess some congressman, David Sicilian, I'm sure I'm butchering his name, but he had said it marks a new low in pandemic profiteering. And so it seems like there is some pushback on it, but I don't know if anyone in, anyone really understands it well enough to <laughs> to be able to push back on it too hard. 
Yeah, and that's that's an interesting aspect too, um, by blocking the acquisitions during the bill because there's an incentive kind of for certain companies if they know they're going to be fine through the pandemic, but a company they were potentially going to buy is getting screwed, that they can just be like, oh, this should let's support any politician that pushes. Oh, we need to keep staying at home and all that, and then it becomes super super iffy on just everything that's going on if, if businesses get behind it and realize they can make tons of money off of it the incentives get weird the incentives really get do. weird yeah <laughs> yeah but i think and the incentives are always weird if we're just being honest nothing is just you know yeah i agree how it seems yeah and so maybe we'll be seeing a, a combined Uber and Grubhub. I actually don't know if I've ever used Grubhub before. I'm sure maybe I use it once, you know, to get the free promo. I but... use it once to get free promo. <laughs> it's not, I don't, I don't think it's that great of an app. I just got, um, what's well, Shake Shack on it with my oh, brother. Oh, I see. That's the only time. And I got the, the free thing. But I hate the delivery apps in all honesty because I have a car. I'm just like, I'm just going to go and get it. It'll be a lot cheaper because delivery yeah. is just like 10, 15 bucks no matter what you get. Yeah, I agree. And I, yeah, I don't really know. And it seems like they always have so many promos and stuff. I'm sure they're all bleeding money and they're doing like the whole, you know, get as many customers to use it and we'll figure out how to make money later. Um, yeah. But it, to your point, like it seems like you can only charge so much because people can oftentimes just go get it or go to yeah. something that's walkable. Yeah. And Postmates sucks the most to me. I, I'm not a huge fan of Postmates just because they always send me like literally for weeks on end before I unsubscribe, they kept sending me, oh, $15 off if you use this this code today or $5 off or whatever. And then I would mm -hmm. go and use the codes and they say, this code isn't valid as this isn't your first delivery. And they know that I've delivered from them before, but they're still sending me a bunch of ads just to get me on the app, get me in oh, there. I'm about to buy the food and then they know. Even though the code's not going to work, I'm so set on buying the food, and I might have planned my yeah. You're just hoping it. that you're lazy enough to just put buy. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but yeah, um, aside from that, man, I think we got really lucky when we we popped out of college, just because with everything going on, the job market is horrible. It's like the worst it's ever been for yeah. new graduates. Yeah, it, I, I agree, and. I think it's going to be super hard, you know, landing something and it's going to be crazy competitive now because I'm sure a lot of places, you know, that would typically hire maybe 50 college graduates a year is going to be hiring two now. And I know like whenever I browse LinkedIn, I always see like a ton of articles of like people posting their offer got rescinded and, um, you know, if you see any place hiring, you know, DM me and let me know. And so... I think it is going to be super tough and it is super tough. Not it will be. It is. Yeah. Especially because a few months ago, they were probably like, ah, oh, man, I'm so excited. I finally finished, you know, four years of school or whatever. And now I get to go and make money, get to pay off my loans and things like that. I've been working really hard towards this. And then all of a sudden something that they completely can't control at all comes out of nowhere. And then they have to probably move home if they can or get just some random job that they weren't originally intending to get or just not get a job at all and kind of just be screwed right now. Yeah. And just try to ride it out a little bit longer, but it may be, it may be pretty long um, to, until we recover. Jay Powell came out and said, he was like the, the lead of the fed. He said that um, the U S recovery might take till the end of 2021. 
which Jeez. is a long time, <laughs> the Fed Reserve Chairman. So we may be yeah. in it for the long haul. Yeah. The good thing, though, just given the struggle, is there's probably going to be a lot of really good companies that end up coming out of this. Oh, yeah, I agree. So people are going to be like, people that would have gone to, you know, maybe like a big time job that got rescinded are like, okay, forget that. I'm going to, now I'm just going to figure out how to do this on my own because I have no choice. Yeah. And I think it seems like whenever there's like a, a big downturn, there's always a ton of like uniquely, um, great companies that pop out of it. Cause I just think, you know, if you can be ruthless and scrappy and survive during this and especially launch something during this, like, you know, when the economy is buzzing, like you're golden. If you can survive this and you, you'll flourish, you know, when stuff gets going good again. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, man. But I think uh, for, for people graduating this year, at least they're getting some cool virtual graduations. There was, um, I think Obama did oh, two yesterday <laughs> or two over the last couple of days and, and popped up on that. Did you hear what he said? Uh, no, I didn't pay attention. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't looked into that at all, but it's kind of interesting because I would feel less hyped if it was like a virtual one. Cause I wouldn't feel like he was talking to me as much. Like maybe just the introduction. He's like graduates of this school or whatever. But then after that, it's just like, this is like, everybody gets this same yeah, experience versus being in person. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But what what do you say? <laughs> he's, um, he's stepping it up. He said the virus has torn back the curtain on the idea that so many folks in charge know what they're doing. A lot of them aren't even pretending to be in charge. And so he's shooting some shots, <laughs> shooting some shots right now. And I think just speaks to, he was, he did that alumni call a couple of weeks ago where he was talking a little bit of smack too. And so it seems like he's ramping it up, you know, ahead of November. Okay. Well, that's good and all, but I mean, if Democrats want to win, it's going to have to be Joe that's moving things forward. We can't just rely on Obama to, to do, gonna, <laughs> to do everything. They're going to rely on him so hard. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I'm just predicting it now. There's like a, unless the VP candidate's so strong that it's, everyone's just like, okay, I'm voting for the VP over Joe Biden. I think Trump wins in a landslide. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. And there was even... I was reading something that Kamala is like hesitant to even accept. Like she's not like, you know, um, it'd be like a waste. It could be her only chance ever. And then it's like, yeah. oh, because she's young. Out. She knows she has a couple more cycles left. And yeah. so she doesn't want to be a part of the losing. So even I, I've read that she's like, you know, she'd probably accept it. But she's definitely not, you know, texting Joe being like, yo, so what are you doing? Am I? Um, yeah. Am I it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like nobody believes. It's just so I've never seen this where literally everyone didn't believe in the candidate so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. I have not seen anything from Joe in a while. It's just I think it's super hard for him to get any airtime right now. Which is kind of crazy. I feel like if he I, I haven't heard literally anything about him lately. Yeah. I wonder if. You know, if we go, if we were to look back before this broke out, if maybe the strategy would have been a little bit different, if it would have helped to have um, a Warren or a Bernie or someone that we like is a little bit better aggressor, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That can, um, yeah, just be a little bit more outspoken, you know, during this time where I feel like Joe's personality just isn't the type that's like 
going to grab headlines right now. You know, even if he says like, oh, Trump isn't doing X and Y and Z, his voice just isn't really strong enough to to catch the headlines. Yeah, I guess that's true. But I feel like he's just, i just not seeing him do anything. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm not true. seeing literally anything. <laughs> maybe his plan is just to, or, or maybe like just the party's plan is to keep Joe out of the spotlight for as long as possible. Yeah. And then when things start to pick up to try and really push him on everyone. So it can be like a recency thing. Mm-hmm. Like where he can, we don't, they, maybe they don't want him to get to the point where he's leading and everybody's, you know, loving him. And then all of a sudden that, that kind of momentum drops off and then Trump builds up momentum. Maybe they're just hoping that they can just do one round where Joe builds up enough momentum to take him through mm-hmm. and then it'll be time to vote. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And, Hopefully we uh, we do vote on time and etc. I don't know what it's going to look like in case this is still sticking around um, in terms of how do we actually go and physically vote. Oh, that's another one. <laughs> yeah, physically like how voting. do we actually go and vote, you know? I, I think because well, Washington, we can drop it off and stuff. But um, I think for certain areas, it's like the it's a bit different. Um, it's not as easy as to like vote without any social interaction. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see if they carry the lockdowns in more liberal states, if they carry them out, if there's maybe like a resurgence later on once everything's lifted, if it's by election season, if they'll lock things down and do um, mail voting or in certain states. Because I've read that um, Democrats are more likely to respond to uh, mail ballots, mail-in ballots are more likely to vote through that way yeah. um, than more conservative. Oh, interesting. So that would be a potential way to kind of gear the election by the way people are voting. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's, yeah. Again, creates weird incentives. <laughs> yeah, everything's creating a weird incentive. It's, I hate, it. it feels like the more the lockdowns and things go, on it feels like the more political this is all getting yeah where it's not really for the best interest in the people it's more so what's what fits our political agenda and what's going to help us the most mm-hmm. yeah i think so too and in terms of like how do we get back to work and stuff i know there's been a couple of like small outbreaks in i think mainly asia where to or where beforehand they were really contained i know we talked about south korea last week and i think china had a couple um, I don't think it's anything worth really, you know, talking about too much detail now. But I think, you know, if it does become more like sustained mini outbreaks, like how do they handle it? And what does that mean for how we handle it? Because I think we're going to have like resurgence or at least like another bubbling up. Maybe hopefully they're small, but like I definitely don't think we're out of the woods with this at all. Um, and so what does yeah. it actually look like if stuff does start to heat back up? Agreed. And what are we supposed to do about it? I feel like the best thing that we could do most likely is just because the death rate is, um, the average is like in the eighties or something like that, I believe. Yeah. It's to maybe quarantine people that are most at risk. So if you have like a family member that maybe has an underlying condition, help them as much as you can, but to keep everyone at home and not let anyone go back to work, we can't do that until the, um, vaccine is actually produced i think that's just a little bit too much to ask for people and we're already seeing the negative effects it's having on people's lives and the economy and i think we're going to see it a lot more once the unemployment um, benefits start to decrease or dwindle 
a bit more. But right now, a lot of people are actually getting paid more than they had gotten paid um, prior to being unemployed. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think the only uh, other piece I would add to that is I think you just have to really take, pay close attention to the hospitalization rate too, especially with people without underlying conditions because I think that was um, a lot of the concern initially was, you know, a lot of people may not die from it, but may require hospitalization. And so if yeah. you get a ton of people with it at the same time and there's not enough, you know, resources and people, you know, are dying for no reason like they were in Italy, I think that's like where it starts to be concerning and then everyone has to go back indoors, right? Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. That is a good point. I wonder how much our capacity has uh, increased, like in terms of how much we could actually handle this. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It seems like there would need to be a ton, you know, in the theoretical scenario where it's really bad everywhere, but... And that's a, I think that's the part that gets difficult too, especially with the U.S. since we're so spread out, like a lot of the rural communities and getting resources there where um, I know my sister's in Yakima and they just have one hospital now. Um, and Yakima is like a relatively bigger city, in my opinion. It's not like, you know, a, a, a Seattle or Tacoma or something like that, but it's definitely, you know, not some 20,000 person city. Um, but they only have one hospital there. And I think she said a couple of respirators for, you know, a couple hundred thousand people, which is, mm. um, just not enough and you need a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. It's just the unknown. Who knows? Hopefully this is just not as concerning as we thought it was and way more people that have already gotten it. That'd be the ideal thing. Yeah in my opinion. But then at the same time, if that's the case, then next time something actually comes around that's legit, everyone's going to be like, ah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, I think it was, um, it was legit and it still is. And yeah, hopefully it isn't too bad. Yeah. As, a, as we go forward. Yeah. And hopefully we can start some sports up or something. <laughs> sports, anything entertainment wise should be, considered essential now because we're running out of stuff <laughs> yeah and Jordan docs are almost over <laughs> i think is today the last two episodes yeah i'm way behind though i'm only on episode three okay it's it gets good it continues to get good but the nba i think is going to make a call on june 15th on what they're going to do for the rest of the season so that's right around the corner too i think they'll probably resume too much money online <laughs> Yeah, there is a there is an absolute ton of money on the line. <laughs> yeah, it's just a logistics nightmare since the U.S. has the most number of cases in the world. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the thing that they're really trying to figure out. Like, I think um, people all want to, you know, continue playing. And especially if you look at the financial implication, I think a lot of players, you know, want to continue playing. But like, how do you get all the players to one city or is it a couple cities how do you figure out like the testing? Do you let families come or do you not let families come? Um, how do you figure out the money part, which is probably like the biggest hurdle with, you know, there's definitely going to be less revenue. So who's getting what? How do you like figure out the TV contracts and stuff? I think that's going to be the the biggest hurdle. Like just, yeah, figuring out all the operations of it. Yeah. Yeah. And on this week, this last week, it was the first week that, um, players had to have had to have had money withholded from their paychecks 
Um, and so now they're withholding 25% of each paycheck in escrow. Oh, man. I only get $2 million yeah. <laughs> a week now. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, and yeah, so they're holding the money on escrow, which basically means like they are taking it out of the players' paychecks and putting it in a central place just in case the season doesn't continue. And then that way there's enough money to like pay back basically the league. So there's not like this weird scenario where the games get canceled and then they have to go to each player and say, Hey, you know, give me $2 million. They're just trying to avoid yeah. that situation entirely. Yeah. That's smart. That's smart. Yeah. But one, I thought super interesting one on that one was uh, I was listening to the ringers podcast. Great podcast. If you like basketball, highly recommend Don't it. Don't listen to it though. Just listen to this one. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> listen to this one instead. You'll just hear us like regurgitate their points and, um, and uh, a less articulate form as I'm showing like in real time. But uh, they were saying that Chris Paul's paycheck is like 400K less this time because he signed that massive deal. And I was just like, that's insane. Yeah. Like if my paycheck I see is like 400K less, I'm like, wow, that's a chunk of money. Yeah, I mean. Obviously, I I'm sure there's okay, over though. a million, you know. <laughs> yeah. That <laughs> he still got, I think but he'll still be okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'll be okay. Crazy part about that, that $400,000. Um, I don't know if you watched the UFC fights the other weekend, but Tony Ferguson, who's probably the biggest fighter on the card, mm-hmm. he only made, I think it was, he made under $500,000. Oh, wow. As his payout for that fight, which is crazy because he's basically going in and fighting someone to the death. <laughs> <laughs> for, <laughs> Until the ref, ref. Before taxes, right? 500000 Yeah, before, before taxes. taxes too. Yeah. <laughs> and you fight, is, what, a couple times a year? Yeah. Which is so, crazy. So, yeah, that's not much money, you know, for what you're yeah. doing. <laughs> yeah, not at all. It's crazy how little they make in comparison, but I guess um, NBA players do play a lot more. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and I think for NBA players, like they were able to figure out that contract stuff. And uh, my dad always says, you know, the NBA players get paid an absolute ton, but I guess because people are willing to pay for it, you know. But you know, yeah. does that continue? They bring a lot after- of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that continue on afterwards with empty arenas and stuff? Who knows? But we just have to see. Yeah, we will. We will. Didn't you? All- think you had coronavirus earlier this week oh yeah we, we can end it on that <laughs> funny story <laughs> yeah i well i didn't know what was wrong with me i went on a run um maybe a couple two weeks ago now and mid-run like my chest got really tight and it was like oh man of, <laughs> it was kind of difficult to breathe and i was like i'm having a heart attack or something it was just a very weird feeling and then ended up walking back home and then it kind of passed and then the next day, kind of had the same feeling for like an hour and then it passed. And then two days later, I had it again. I was like, okay, I think I actually need to like go in just to make sure I'm all good. Um, mm-hmm. And so I had to call urgent care because you just want to make sure like your heart's good and your chest's good. You know, it's like nothing crazy yeah. happening. Um, and luckily, my girlfriend's a nurse, Julian. So she was like, oh, I think you just like maybe strained a muscle in your pack or something running and so that's like why it feels tight but she was like yeah just injury while you're running (laughs) yeah (laughs) well she was just like you should probably still go in though you know given everything that's going on um and so i had to call and it is like a pretty high bar to get into urgent care now you have to call them and then they'll like ask you a ton of questions and be like basically do you have covid because if you have covid they don't want you to go there um Mm -hmm. 
and in general, they don't want anyone really in the hospital in general. So they're trying to do like all telemedicine stuff, but they were like, okay, since it's like your chest and stuff, you should probably come in and just, you know, double check. Everything's good. And so went in on Friday, took a couple hours. It was very easy though. Cause there was no one in there, but, um, I definitely don't have COVID. So that's a good sign. I just, they think I just like pulled something in my chest, which is like a really random injury to have running. <laughs> only you you would all be the only person <laughs> that would get a chest injury from running <laughs> yeah it, it yeah. freaking hurts though think... it kind of sucks <laughs> yeah i i think you should stay away from any like fighting sport josh and i think you chose the right profession <laughs> yeah i think so too <laughs> yeah oh man so all right i don't think i get to do anything for like the next two weeks i'm just gonna chill for a while and Hopefully it heals up and I don't have anything like more serious. Yeah, that's that's good, man. Hopefully you're all right. Yeah. And yeah, I guess we can just shut it down now. Yeah, let's do it. It was a good talk as always. Yeah, good. Good talk. And this is actually the second time we've had this talk because Josh's recording wasn't working initially. <laughs> we got about 20 minutes in and then had to restart. So um hopefully there was like some benefits to that we got a second take at some some topics yeah yeah but this has been the out of office podcast everyone thank you for listening make sure to follow us on spotify and apple podcast and share with friends see everyone next week